invite you for the next half hour to join us for interviews, discussion, inspiration and for strategies to help you fulfil your potential both in life and in business. And welcome to Remarkable Woman Radio. My special guest today is Sue Duncan, who is an event specialist. So welcome along today. Thank you, Andy. (laughs) Now, Sue, you've had worn a few hats in your career. And um, I wanted today to go back a little bit to the early days of soiree, just to begin with. Because for those of our listeners, soiree um, was a company that created extraordinary events and that's where you first started into your career as an event specialist, right? In New Zealand, in, uh, New Z- in, in Auckland. In Auckland, yeah. right. Because mm-hmm. did you do some overseas as well? I, I did, but I also had a, um, a business called Planners um, in Wellington back in the 80s, BC, before children. <laughs> I like that. Great. Now, I love the name Soiree. That um, obviously just really encompassed everything about what you were doing. So um, you were the founder, the managing director, um, the chief warrior, the <laughs> chief strategist, everything, I guess, that it takes to actually build and start a business. So tell us a little bit about the early days of getting that one off the ground and started. Um, well, Soiree uh, actually was a friend of mine who came up with the name and it it, it sort of encompassed, um, well, the, the whole party atmosphere, although we'd, we'd do a lot more than that or did in terms of conferencing and et cetera. But it, it's such a beautiful name and a beautiful wor- word that um, it just rolled off the tongue rather than conference organiser. <laughs> so we love that. And, and it also um, it has such a creative energy about, about the word. So the, the, um, the font was very creative as well. So that was 2004. I started uh, Soiree Event Management. And um, actually, I was a bit of a, a victim of um, circumstance, to be honest, and decided, yes, this is what I'll do. I'll start a business. Um, I always... Um, remember about you know when you start a business how what what you think and what what is your strategy and how do you plan and, and um, I, I was very naive and I think naivety is, is is a wonderful thing because it allows you you don't realize what you're going into so sometimes you, you cut off more than you can chew I certainly did, but because I was so naive to the whole thing, I thought, well, I, I can do anything. And that's typical of, of Kiwis and, and women today. We don't have a, such a fear barrier that um, we just go and, and believe that we can do it. So that's brilliant, and it's kind of like that ignorance is bliss, and um, and I think, yeah, naivety is such a great thing because once we actually know everything that is in, uh, uh, that is required to actually build a business, none of us would get started. Because I think it's just that that blind faith that um, that that ignorance is is wonderful. I think it's it's helped have a few families as well. Yes. <laughs> well, in fact, the word I called it is is or the phrase is divine naivety. Because really, Ooh, it is like sort that. of uh, um, you know you're going where no man's gone before, and um, you're divinely naive. And when I think back, there are at least ten things I've done in my life that if I had known what I was getting myself in for, I wouldn't have chosen that path. I think there's many of us that can actually relate to that. And you go, how on earth did we get there? But we just said yes, and we stepped out. Yeah. Yes, and I think if you have that positivity, um, then then you will be able to to achieve it. Brilliant. Now, so to be able to create extraordinary events, you have to be able to plan and strategize and 
be organised somewhat because in my head I imagine doing what you do, it'll be like having, I don't know, planning a wedding or a special birthday but except for 500 to 1,000 people every week. Now that to me just means that there's got to be a lot of organisation that goes on or creativity that has to happen. Yes, um, I think that one in a very wise person who was mentoring me right in the early days I said, oh my God, how, how do I do this? And he said, so you just surround yourself by people way smarter than you and you'll be fine. Um, what I've learned through events is that you need the, the visionaries, the creatives, and you also need the doers. Without either of those, you can't actually achieve what you need to with event organisation. That is so important. And I think it's so important for any entrepreneurs these days as well because some are great at starting things but not so good at finishing things. So you need that balance that um, you need the detail-minded and the big visionary thinker as well. Yes. Such great advice. Cool. So obviously Soiree has morphed over 11 years into a... um, into quite a major event um, company in New Zealand and internationally as well. And you've just in a couple of years ago sold it onto into um, Uno Loco. So it's sort of like another little, um, another avenue that you've gone down now. So has that been, um, that must have been quite an amazing step to actually create something that you can then on sell. So that's another lovely story. So um, when I did create Soiree, um, I was remember talking to another businessman and he said, well, well, let's see your business plan. And I, I looked at him and I said, so so what would that look like? <laughs> <laughs> Having no idea that you had to do a business plan. I have since learned I had Soiree for 13 years before I sold to Uno Loco Events and Media Business that one of the first things you do when you start a business is plan the exit strategy. Um, so it was probably year 10 into soiree which which look had effectively been a lifestyle because events is all as huge fun mm-hmm. huge amount of work as well but it is it was a lifestyle business and then year 10 my accountant turned around and said also actually you probably need to make this a bit more commercial than just um filling your wine cellar often so <laughs> so i did I'm sure it was more than that it was but so i did that we, we worked on a strategy and then i had an exit plan and i had four four ideas for the exit plan and and the best one the one i wanted the most was to sell the business as an ongoing concern. So I was lucky enough to um, have a conversation with the guys at Uno Loco and it was such a natural fit. Our culture, we had no conflict of interests. We were both on the same wavelength. They were in acquisition mode. I was in selling mode. They wanted a business with my sort of turnover. Um, it was uh, honestly a beautiful process and it only took us sort of four months from, from woe, go to woe uh, before that they, they uh, we merged. And, and since then, uh, we're now, Unoloco is now the biggest event um, agency in New Zealand wow. carrying some of the biggest um, corporate clients. Yeah, I noticed that, that that a lot of the biggest brands actually will come to Uno Loco to create to create their their events and that. Now you've also created within Uno Loco um, a, a specialty niche as well, and um, I've uh, it's 
been said you're described as the incentive superhero <laughs> <laughs> for um, bespoke incentives. So um, you're creating a luxury brand within Uno Loco as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So so when we're all trying to find our fit within um, Uno Loco, one of the things that Soiree was really good at was looking after luxury clients. We, we've done a lot of work with high-end, um, high-net worth uh, individuals and companies. And so so we decided to start a, a luxury brand, if you like, of, of Uno Loco called Uno Loco Luxury. Um, and that includes um, high-end incentive trips, both inbound and outbound, as well as anything that, that is in the luxury market. And what does luxury mean? Well, it's a lot more detail. Um, and and it's it's usually for smaller events, but um, about larger budgets. And how important is it for companies to incentivise um, either their clients or their employees? Because I imagine you do both within that market. Well, you know, it's the big organisations. The sort of incentive um, uh, components we do are, are very much the top end, and they are usually an outbound um, trip overseas. For you know, there's a, a threshold that a sales agent would need to reach, and then they they, they go into the incentive trip. So um, they're the, the very top end of of the big organisations that we work for. Great. Yeah. And so they have to be special, because people have worked hard to get there. Yeah, they do. And, and again, it's you know these people. People have huge expectations as well. They work really hard to get where they got to, to reach that threshold. And Mm -hmm. so their expectation is huge. So a lot of timing and planning and organising goes into creating amazing uh, creative events. So that segues me into a perfect question I love to ask is planning. Now, I remember a few years ago, you were talking about the way you were planning that, well, brainstorming, say, and you were... Every, any, everybody that came up with an idea, it all went onto a board and nothing came off the board until you had explored it further. Do you still do that process or do you actually take it further or do you have a real, I mean, a good hack now that you use that could be helpful to people that need to plan ahead? Well, we, we do use uh, several brainstorming techniques. Um, we do use the Edward de Bono um, Seven Hats um, theory. Uh, so every hat, every colour hat has uh, a, a focus and so there can be no wrong um, idea and we put them all up on the board and then talk about them. Um, we also have, uh, when we do brainstorming, uh, we try to get into the theta zone and the theta zone is the most creative zone that we have. We are alpha, beta, theta, delta. Alpha is the flight or fight. Mm-hmm. Um, beta is what you and I are in, the state you are in now. Theta is your most creative. That's when your endorphins are flying. It's often when you get up first, or it is when you get up first thing in the morning when you're in the shower and you have that aha moment mm-hmm. when you exercise. It's also when you um, drink alcohol, you go into a theta zone. And <laughs> I was al- going to ask that one. <laughs> <laughs> and that allows you to be more, more creative. And it's true because mm-hmm. we do. We have suddenly uh, our limitations, uh, you know, we release the, all of those sorts of uh, um, misnomers and um, we become more creative. And, and of course, delta is, is sleep. So we don't, that's not very good. <laughs> that's creative. not really good for no. creative. No. But I guess um, I imagine with myself, one glass of wine can just lower my resistance to actually thinking about things 
things, but is there a limit that you actually put everybody on? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, there is. I mean, you know, you'd only brainstorm for for an hour or so and, and maybe a couple of glasses of wine, but but also people have a different... Some people enjoy the, the, the community of people because they bounce ideas off them, whereas others, we've really noticed, what they need to be told a day in advance what we're talk, going to talk about because um, they're, they're more thinkers and... They might come up later and say, oh, I've had this, you know, what do you think about this? Whereas some of us visionaries, we're, we're going, then we'll do that. And we stand up and parade around and write on, on whiteboards. So everyone has a different way of being creative. And so it's allowing everyone to be feel part of that. So it's not just to sit down and let's have a look. Uh, we also all, all have different um, parts of the day that we are more productive or creative as well. So yeah. you become wary of, of, of how the team works best. That would be quite fascinating to actually watch how everybody does do their thinking and their brainstorming and strategy. And I guess, do you start with a really good question to begin with to really channel people's ideas or do you just go, this is what we're doing and just let's throw everything out there and see? Well, it was actually through experience that we realised this because um, we would sit in a you know, group of maybe um, eight of us and we'd often come away and I'd say to my, my colleague, oh, God, those those two, they just never, ever say anything. They don't communicate. They, they just look around. And it was after that that when we looked at it further and realised that they're not comfortable just sitting there and, and throwing ideas out. And they were the ones that needed a day to think about it. So we would set the agenda two days before, let them know what we were going to talk about. They would come in and they would think about it. They have thought about it. So they had ideas to bring to the table then, rather than us bolshy ones that were um, you know out there trying to. And they'd probably thought about various steps to actually achieve that, rather than being like, bam, there's the idea, and let it sit out there and then wait for all the steps to come into place so well, who knows I guess it all works doesn't it? Well actually what happens is they actually have the best ideas because they've really thought them through they're not just sort of you know t- talking their thought their thoughts they're, they're thinking it through they've probably strategized and have the tactics to do it as well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's a game of patience yes. for, for the likes of us that like to just yes. yeah, yeah drop it all out there that's fantastic. Um, now I noticed also that you have uh, won an award for that part of the of of um, luxury incentivizing uh, luxury um, events and things like that as well. Um, well, two awards. Oh, two! Yeah. Congratulations! Two awards. Uh, we won a, a, a Luxperience. Uh, it's an Australian um, uh, exhibition. We won Luxperience Award for Best Event. So that was uh, we had a group of Harvard alumni reunion here in New Zealand, and we took them to way up north to Bay of Islands, and we also f- uh, covered the Martinborough region, and. It was just, you know, what we did on on that trip and how we put it together and the people that we had that made it incredibly special. Um, So that was one. And the other one we won was for, um, it was for the Entrepreneurs' Organisation when we had a South Pacific um, uh, conference here in New Zealand and that was just extraordinary. We we pulled all sorts of levers and, you know, the older adage, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Mm -hmm. Um, And certainly in events, that is a huge help. So um, we were very lucky to have won that award we won the global award for best 
um, entrepreneurs event out of 47 around the, country, the world. Congratulations. That's, mm. that's amazing. And how cool is it that New Zealand is a little smaller so it is easier to reach people perhaps? Yes. And because um, half the time we all, you know, we're only twice removed from most people that we know these days. So, yeah, congratulations. That's really cool. Thank you. Now, um, we're going to take a little break now for some music and we will be right back. Now, we've chosen Pink, Raise Your Glass. We thought that was just, you know, kind of <laughs> suitable for today. So we'll be right back. Thanks. Thank you. Right, right, turn off the lights. We're going to lose our minds tonight. What's the deal, EO? I love when it's all too much. Turn the radio up, where's the rock and roll? Party crash, a penny snatcher. Call me up if you were gangster. Don't be fancy, just get dancy. Why so serious? So raise your glass if you are Don't you understand? Wish you just freak out. Freak out already. Can't stop coming in hot. I should be locked up right on the spot. It's so on right now. Party crash, a penny snatcher. Call me up if you were gangster. Don't be fancy, just get dancy. Why so serious? Come on and, come on and 
Welcome back to Remarkable Woman Radio. I'm here talking with Sue Duncan. Now, Sue is an event specialist and she's been giving us some great advice on how to sort of plan for our businesses, for events, and it's really interesting to listen to your journey so far. So, Sue, what's next? What's coming up for you next? Because you, you've been doing really well in your space. So I imagine this is a, a, a lane of genius that you that you love because you're doing so well. So tell us well, what's thank next. Thank you for asking, Mandy. <laughs> um, um, so yes, I have now um, segueing into a new chapter of my life and I have just recently bought the New Zealand Boutique Wine Festival. Um, uh, tell yeah. us more. Yes. This sounds wonderful. So it's just tiny at the moment and it's, it's just a part time of, of what I do, but it really brings together both um, the event skills and also my other passion which is wine and, and that's been a learned thing through all of the events that I've done so it's, a, it's been going for five years. It's held on at Everybody's. This year it'll be on the 10th of June at Everybody's. Where's Everybody's? Uh, it's down in Fort Lane in central Auckland. Okay. Um, so this will be the sixth year and its focus is on boutique, that's small production wineries. And uh, what does that mean, boutique wineries? Is that less than a certain amount? Um, so... We, there, there are over 2,000 vineyards in, in New Zealand. Yeah. The majority of them are small production vineyards. Uh, so w- we like to go under 10,000 cases in production per year, uh, but with a real focus on quality as well. And the reason that the whole thing resonated so w- with me so much was is also apart from the fact that I've been going to it and know the, the previous owners, um, is, is that uh, I've always been small business myself. I've always backed the underdogs. In fact, I had a, um, a, a sort of a, 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 an argument with the monopoly once years and years ago, and I swore that I would always back the small guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so this this works perfectly for me because it's about uh, looking after the the small production um, owners or over the wineries, um, and really just being a, a marketing vessel for them to get out to trade and to get out to. Um, uh, the, the public and sell for them to sell more and I'm a real believer in um, that's what New Zealand the basis of New Zealand is small business so um, this works perfect as a great segue for me I love that too and I just think it's so neat to be able to really build New Zealand's reputation of small boutique wineries as well on the international stage as well as you know, there's so many big companies coming in now that the diversity is starting to be lost. And so, uh, yeah, I just love, I'm really excited for you um, for this. So what date was it again? Um, it's on Sunday the 10th of uh, June at uh, Everybody's in uh, central Auckland. Brilliant. Yeah. That's cool. And we'll get back to all the details later. And um, when I put the show out as well, um, I'll make sure that there's links and everything well, to that. I'll, I'll give you some free passes and you can have a competition. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, well, we all love our wine, don't we? <laughs> it could be, yeah, it could be very popular. Um, now, are you? Um, what is your favourite wine at the moment? Well, I'm a bit of a Chardonnay girl at the moment. Yay. Um, yes, yes. In fact, you were always a Chardonnay girl and I was oh, a sad girl. Yes. So there we go. Um, and Welcome to the dark side, yeah. And, and I've, I've always been a staunch believer in, in any... Um, uh, 
uh, Otago or Martinborough Pinot Noir. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, um, I pretty much drink anything that is, is as long as it's a reasonable quality. Mm-hmm. Um, and because life is too short to drink bad wine, particularly at our stage. Yes, definitely. Um, and I, look, I just have a strong interest in, in all wines that, that are produced in New Zealand, particularly. Um, and that's another reason why um, I, I feel that this is such an, an essential, and it is a unique uh, festival. No one else is doing this. There are lots of other festivals that that um, uh, you know show bigger wine companies, and that's fine, and they produce amazing wines. But this is this is only for the small wine producers. And the other thing I've really noticed is. Um, you know, back when we were young, there was only Von Siedler or, um, you know, Mother Turgar to drink. And now it, it's such a cultural thing. You know, mm. the 20-year-olds, they've been brought up with, with great wines, the 30-year-olds. They understand that wine is a big part of New Zealand's culture. And that's what I'm also going to embrace with the festival and I, take, it, take it to Wellington and to Christchurch, hopefully. Brilliant. Maybe Queenstown? Maybe. Maybe. Mm. We are all going to stand by and watch very closely because we're really excited and I think it's so neat that you're going to be able to support the underdog, so Mm. to speak, and really bring that quality out and I know that you can do that. So all the very best for that. Um, And as you were saying that with um, the younger generation really liking quality wines as well because I know when I pull a top off off a particular bottle of Chardonnay or, or Pinot Noir, I've got the girls there, yeah, mum, I'll have one with you. Um, but they don't necessarily touch the, the, the cheaper <laughs> stuff unless they're going off to a party. So. No, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, while well, you're paying, Mum, there you go. <laughs> um, and so how important, um, from your background with Entrepreneurs Association, um, organisation, sorry, um, you have a past president and a member, and how important was that to have the peer-to-peer support? Oh, look, it's, it's pivotal, and I've been a member of Entrepreneurs Organisation um, for coming up, uh, seven, uh, seven or eight years, um, so I have a, f- a forum that you know we meet once a month, and and they have been pivotal in pretty much every decision I've made about uh, not only my business but my personal life over those years. Um, I count them as as my very best friends as well. And uh, Entrepreneurs Organisation is a peer to peer learning group, so it's it's not about um, business networking; it's about learning. And and as business owners, we all have the same challenges, just dif- different industries and. Dif- different complexities but essentially we all need staff we all need computers we all need services we all need, we all need customers so um i've learned so much from from entrepreneurs organization and also this so, is so fun mm-hmm. and we go away overseas and have such fun and meeting meeting just some amazing people all around the world Thank you very much for that. They sound really amazing. Now, also, I've got a question for you. What advice would you give to your younger self? So if you were talking to yourself as a 25-year-old, what advice would you give her? Um, Well, the same advice that I do give people that come to me and ask, what shall I do? And I say, and they, they might say, I really want to do events or I really want to do this. And I say, go away and learn uh, business studies. Learn how to, to uh, run a business, how to grow a business, because then whatever your passion is will be so much easier if you know all the, the certainly a bit of accounting, how to do a business plan. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> how, how to, to look at the strategies, the exit strategy. Um, so it doesn't matter what you do if you, you understand um, uh, the quintessentials of, of starting a business, then um, I think that's that's definitely the the right 
track. Um, the other thing, and I know that you asked in the, the, the precursor information, was uh, uh, the one thing I'd ask tell my younger self is to start meditating earlier in my yeah. life. Are you meditating a lot? Yeah. Or oh, every day. Every day. Mm. And it's making a big difference for you? Well, I think we live in a world of, of um, over-consumer and, and, and over-communication, and it just helps calm um, as we become, seem to be a very anxious, uptight um, society now. So, so meditation has helped me calm. And, and you know, also events is actually quite stressful. <laughs> There's a lot of moving parts to it. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely, I can imagine. And you've got your expectations, you've got your customers' expectations, you've got their clients' expectations. It could be a real minefield. And then if something goes wrong, <laughs> you know, you've got to just just uh, make the right decisions right on, on the spot. Yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. <laughs> and you've got to know what they are. Um, do you have a guiding principle or theme in your life or even a favourite saying? Well, I have a mantra as well that I go to um, uh, when things get a bit rocky. Uh, and that's that helps me, um, but but I think also you know I, I do some people get a bit stressy about all the small stuff and you know and I often say well no one's died you know mm. often it's it's a little we we make it up to be a lot more than it is so it's just about calming down really and uh, I don't really have a a saying um, although I did read one just lately um, and I love uh, that the tongue should have three gatekeepers is it kind is it necessary is it true oh that sounds nice do you want to repeat that just for our listeners the tongue should have three gatekeepers is it kind is it necessary is it true and by the time you've actually asked that question the thought would have would have um, um, sort of passed by then. That's yes. great advice. Thank you. Now, I ask all of the people that come onto my show is, as woman owning who we are, what is most remarkable about you? I know it's a tricky question, but if we don't value ourselves, then no one else will. Uh, what do I most value about me? Um, oh, yes. Well, I was actually told yesterday by someone, he said to me, um, so you see people. Mm. And I don't mean just see it as a normal, <laughs> but you, you see sort of a, a, the depth of people and uh, not I wouldn't say I see their soul, but uh, certainly see people for who they are and what they are and um, don't judge. Brilliant. Thank you for that. Now, Sue, how do we find out more about the Boutique Wine Festival? Uh, so there is a website. We're currently updating it. Uh, it is www.boutiquewines.co.nz. Um, there's also an Instagram, just um, search Boutique Wines. Uh, we're Facebook, Boutique Wines, uh, anything to do with Boutique Wine Festival online. You'll be there. Thank you so much for joining me, Sue Duncan. I really appreciate it. We could have actually talked for way longer. So hopefully you'd like to come back and see us on Remarkable Woman Radio. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Remarkable Woman Radio. You can catch us again next Tuesday at 3.15 on 104.6 FM or anytime on planetaudio.org.nz forward slash Remarkable Woman. We'll see you then.